to another episode of the sisterhood of the rings the tolkien podcast where we discuss all the lore almost no one cares about i'm your host maddie bolzenius and i'm your host molly tenley straight this week we'll be discussing J.R.R. tolkien's the lord of the rings the fellowship of the ring book two chapter three the ring goes south damn it no you're not doing <laughs> yes, it again. I no am. you're not no yes, you're I not am, no bitch. you're not i already no, told not. you no i already told you no. i've got it from now on because no. you can't get no. it together I you can't get job. it together i have one job you have many jobs this is just Shh. not one of them anymore Shh. you're really gonna try it again oh, I'm doing you're not it again. gonna let me have this no, i'm not i'm, I'm not. actually fucking fine fine do it this week we will be discussing J.R.R. tolkien's the lord of the rings the fellowship of the ring book two chapter three the, the ring, ring goes, goes south. south stop stealing my thunder no <laughs> i hate you all right maddie then why don't you do the whole thing right now okay this week we'll be discussing J.R.R. tolkien's the lord of the rings the fellowship of the ring book two chapter three the ring goes south okay but it's not fair because i just you did. were supposed to jump over her oh yeah. <laughs> yeah. i'm just too polite <laughs> I'm just too kind and too polite. Oh, man. Maddie, what's new with you this week? Well, um, wait a minute. We should start by saying, hello, we took a little break because we took vacay. I'll start with that because you already did the thing. Okay. Okay. So we took a little break. Uh, Molly went on vacay. Sure and did. left me behind. No, you went on vacay too. I mean, to the Bahamas of, of West, West Virginia. Virginia, Somersville, West Virginia. Nobody wears a mask in West Virginia. Um, that mm. is that was evident. Like the first three minutes that I was in the state, I had to stop for gas, and I went into the store to buy a pack of cigs. And she's smoking again. It's really gross. I know it's terrible. I'm sorry. Um, and. It was just like nobody, nobody was wearing one. And I came in with my mask on and I was like standing six feet away from the counter. And she was like, looked me up and down, like really sized me up. And <laughs> how dare you wear a mask in her establishment? I know, I know, I know, I know. It was, um, it was so presumptive of me. And I was really like infringing upon her constitutional rights as well by me wearing a mask because I was preventing her from dying of COVID. So yeah, I feel like that's, that's fair on her part. Cabin was nice. We did social distance and, um, it was, it was a really good time. It was nice to get away from work for a couple days. And uh, yeah, I had a I had a good time. Probably not as good as a time as the rest of my fucking family who went on a fucking family vacation without we, me. We invited you to be fair. I can't go. I'm fucking working all the time, bro. I can't take any time off. We went to Hilton Head and they social distanced great. The whole island was mask central. Everybody stayed away from each other on the beach. It was wonderful. We had our own house with a pool. So the kids just like played in the pool all week. And my dad and my stepmom, Stacy went and we have never been to the beach with them and it was so much fun to have that time yeah i'm sure it was a great time i love hearing about it yeah we like got to drink trulies and float in the pool and it was really really wonderful we took beach walks and found sea life and you're glaring at me i should stop talking about this my eyes are now. so narrowed 
so narrow. They are more narrow than when you're high. It's amazing. <laughs> no, it's incredible. Hard to achieve, really. Hard to achieve. Very hard to achieve. My eyes are like gone. <laughs> so sorry that we took a little break, but uh, we really needed that vacation. Yeah. And we are back and we are here and ready to talk about some Lord of the Rings. Oh, actually, I have one more thing that's new with us this week. Okay. Um. Well, Molly and I uh, suddenly and without much preamble just started doing this thing where we reference the part of sound of music <laughs> where, they, <laughs> where they're like the family phone trap and then they don't come out and then he's like and then little, that, that, that guy and then the guy comes the guy in comes, and he goes, he goes they're gone we've been doing that non-stop literally all the time and i hope it never stops it's been really good it's We've it's had like just, solid right. once a day. Yeah, I would say it's at least and once a day at this point. it has not gotten old. No, it's it really great. doesn't. So just a shout out for you folks at home. Like if you want to uh, like put a little sound of music in your life, that one's really applicable to like a lot of things. So. We have been able to use that in ex- just times you would never expect it. It's you, just perfect it's, every It just time. pops right in there. It's great. <laughs> um, So we also have been floating in the pool in my backyard. Oh, hell yes. Like basically blow up in tech's pool and it's 12 feet across and we have literally been sitting in the backyard floating in this pool for uh, the last month it's been great it's been great i've got like quite a tan going on right now it feels good yeah i got hella sunburned actually and now it's turned into a tan but you know yeah my beach tan is still really nice yeah fuck off okay (laughs) that's that's enough okay (laughs) all right enough of the beach (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> next time i swear to god i'm gonna go on a family vacation but without the family and it's gonna be just me but i'm gonna post like pictures of me like with my arms around invisible people i'd be like love being here with the fam you don't think that that would like make people sad for you i want it to make people sad my main goal in life vacation. is for people to feel bad for me i think you should know this already <laughs> love being a martyr oh if you want to feel bad for somebody you can feel bad for me because i just decided to homeschool my kids for the entire next year yeah <laughs> yeah it's gonna be fun and go full-time to online college at the same time yeah at least it's online you can stay home and uh teach your children and teach yourself at the same time we just made this <laughs> this massive l-shaped desk in my front room so that we have like a home office now and today the kids were sitting there and they were all had their little headphones on they were watching their little videos and doing their schoolwork and then uh, and then they started hit, like fighting and I was like, oh, no. Oh, no, this is terrible. So I went right to Ikea, and I bought them dividers to go between You actually them. did get the dividers? Yeah. 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 I, I knew that was going to be an, a, a necessity. <laughs> you were like, you know, I was thinking of maybe putting dividers between them. And I was like, she's going to need that. So I literally drove right to Ikea and was like, dividers now. Yeah. They're like two feet tall. They're- <laughs> they need them. Those kids, it's just like if they exist within the same space together, it's like their entire life purpose is to kill one another. Oh, they'll do it. They would, if left to their own devices, it, oh my God, it and would be less war. I give them video games. Then they're like, oh, we're best friends. Let's play Splatoon together. That's true. And then they're like really encouraging of each <laughs> other. And like Parker's like, great job, Lucas. Good job, buddy. Yeah. And then other and times Lucas, he's like, Lucas, you stole one Skittle from me. <laughs> we're going to fucking kill you. This is so accurate. <laughs> it's, it's absurd. Literally yesterday, Parker comes up and he goes, Lucas, you're very good at that video game. And it was like, oh, well, that was very kind. And also, 
okay. I mean, you could compliment like his brain or his skills at baseball or his way to be kind. Yeah, something. No, it's a video game. He loves the video games. Sure does. That's his value is complete. Like everybody's value is attached to how well they play video games. I he thought that I was really good at Animal Crossing. And so he was compl- like the first week and a half that we played. Oh, he, was like, like, he was like, Matt, Matt you're the best. amazing at this game. And now Molly's kind of like taken charge of our island and basically done everything on it. And Parker, man, he won't give me the time of day anymore. No, he doesn't care. He doesn't care. <laughs> Actually, I think, though, that I have a pretty solid in to be very popular with my kids because I do play video games. You do. Like, you play a I lot of it. You play Final- more video games than I do. Yeah, I definitely sure. do. When I was playing Final Fantasy 15, they were all like, Mom, you're so good. And I was like, actually, you don't have any to compare this to i'm actually terrible at this game but (laughs) good try good try but it looks hard and you're doing it oh it is hard i just wasn't doing it well yeah that's fine who who needs to do it well i mean it's all about the fun isn't it yeah that's why we have games that's why we that's why they're called video games not good one not not video work that was really good i should have quit while i was ahead yeah should we talk about lord of the rings (laughs) Do you want to do the movie overview first or second? We did decide. This is a big change. Yeah. We decided Maddie can't do the book overview. Mm-mm. She's not good at it. She's not good at it. Nope. <laughs> this bitch can't play. Bitch can't play. So <laughs> she's going to do the- She's going to do the movie overview always and I'm going to do the book overview always. Yeah, cuz my movie overviews are fire. Are they? I should Actually, last I shouldn't week said- it was. Last week it it wasn't last week, but last episode, last episode. Last episode <laughs> it was fire. And now that I've said that, that's a lot to live up to. And I should not say it. This week is going to be fucking terrible. <laughs> be prepared. Be prepared. And go. Okay, wait. I have one more thing to add really quickly. Okay. We've already talked so much about my kids. I might as well just like add one more story about oh, them. Oh, please do. Today, me and... <laughs> me and- Oh, I've got one after you. Me and Jesse are out in the garage and we're building these bookshelves to go in the new office. And Parker comes running out and he's like, mom, mom, mom. And I'm like, what? What is it, Parker? And he's like, the the coyote, whoever, brave wilderness coyote. Coyote Peterson. Coyote Peterson. (laughs) Brave wilderness coyote. (laughs) It's called brave wilderness. That's a show. That's a a YouTube show. Okay. Well, I don't know. Coyote Peterson is at the Hobbit place. And I'm like, Hobbiton? And he's like, yeah, he's at Hobbiton. And I'm like, whoa, cool. Awesome. (laughs) He's like, no, mom, you have to come see. He has the ring. He has the ring. He is in Hobbiton. And I'm like, okay, Parker, I'll I'll come see it in a little bit. And then he leaves. And then he comes out one literally maybe 15 seconds later and he goes oh by the way can i go see evie and i'm like oh is she awake he's like yeah she's been screaming for a while (laughs) way to bury the lead i was like okay parker what do you think that that would be the first thing that you would do is come out because they they know i mean that's part of the rules like the baby's sleeping when the baby wakes up you come outside and you get mom right right they know that that's a thing no, 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 no. He was just too excited about Hobbiton and Coyote Peterson. Bro, he was lost in the sauce. <laughs> <laughs> I love that. Okay, I have a funny Lucas story, though. Okay. I already told you this one, but I'm going to tell everybody else, like our 10 listeners now. So, I think we have like 15 listeners, maybe. <laughs> okay, our 15 listeners. So, I love you guys so much, by the way. Thank you so much. Oh, my God. 
Thank you. Okay, I'm sorry. Um, so that was her Miss America. That was my Miss. <laughs> Thank you so much. So the other night we were putting together like a guest bedroom in the basement, and um, they were sending me up to make shots while we were doing this because why not do home, home improvement while you're fucking here? Okay. To be fair, it was three adults. Okay. Yeah, the kids were not sending. The kids Maddie were up to not make shots. sending Maddie no. upstairs. You said it was a story about Lucas. I just want to clarify. Well, yeah, I met like Molly Me and, and our friend Cece, who's been quarantining with us. Yes, and then we sent Maddie upstairs to make shots because she was not barely helpful at all. Thank, thank you. That's yes, <laughs> it's true. But I can't do one thing. And so I go upstairs. I'm rummaging through the refrigerator trying to find ingredients to make a shot. And Lucas comes over and he goes, "What are you doing?" And I go, "Oh, I'm making shots." And he goes. That sounds exactly like something you would do. <laughs> and just walks away. And I was like, mm. This is the same child. This is the same child who we were at Buca de Beppo. And he looks up at the ceiling and there's like thousands of wine bottles on the ceiling. And he goes, hmm, Aunt Maddie would love it here. What? <laughs> <laughs> It's just like I've I've established I've established I that was a U word sure was I've established this rep this reputation as the drunk aunt and the drunkle aunt and, Dr- and what is it what is it drant drant intoxicant is my favorite. intoxicant yeah and the thing is I really don't drink that much. <laughs> like most of, like most of one my t- drink an evening maybe two perhaps <laughs> but like. But, but for some reason in this kid's mind, he's Maddie's gonna just be like, like 20 slu- years old and he's gonna be like, yeah, my aunt was an alcoholic. And it's She's like, just sloshed well, every well, hold, single now night. Hold on. <laughs> hold on just one, one second. Okay. Now are we going to talk about Lord of the Rings? Yeah, let's do it. I think we've humiliated ourselves sufficiently. We can go <laughs> ahead and continue on to the main event. All right, Maddie. So I'm doing the movie overview. Yeah, we've already established that. I just want to establish it again. So everybody knows where we're at i want everybody to be on the same page or rather the same frame you get that you like that good one thank you all right so we start off and aragorn is like sweeping sweeping all the little leaves and dust off of a little gravestone and then it's like somebody speaking elvish and it's like she died to protect her son like she wanted you to be safe and aragorn's like i know and then Elrond is there and he's like, we can reforge the sword and you can become who you are meant to be. You Only you have the power to wield it. And Aragorn's like, I don't even want the power. Like, I don't want to do it. And, and like, that's basically end scene. So like, <laughs> <laughs> that's it. Aragorn's like, meh. <laughs> no which not is such ready dad i'm not ready it, which is such like a departure from the book because book aragorn's like yep gotta do it <laughs> and movie aragorn is like no i don't want the power like i just want to be a regular man and i just want to like have a family and like have a home and like maybe have a couple dogs and elrond's like no none of that is for you until much later but first so anyway we go to bilbo and frodo and Bilbo like hands sting to Frodo and he's like this knife glows blue and Frodo's like cool and then Bilbo's like also here's this really cool set of mithril rings and it's like really cool and Frodo's like sweet and Bilbo's like 
put it on. <laughs> and then I want to see you undress. I wanna, he goes, I want to see you put it on. And then Frodo starts like unbuttoning his shirt. And then you see the ring. And Bilbo sees the ring. And he's like, oh, my old ring. Oh, I would just very much like to hold it just one last time. And Frodo's like, fuck no. And he and starts like, skip but- this fucking moment. <laughs> and he starts buttoning his shirt. And then Bilbo goes like full large Marge on him. And like, <laughs> he's like, ah! <laughs> so fucking all scary. scary. Which is like uh, ultimately like the more- most horrifying scene to watch as a child. Molly yes. and I both just recall being like, Aah! and now like watching it, it's just like, it's literally like large Marge, basically. Right. Um, that's that Pee-wee's Big Adventure. Oh, to reference. have people like not seen that movie? Yeah, some people haven't. If you have not seen Pee-wee's Big Adventure, it is Tim Burton's first film, greatest, greatest of all of his films. Mm, Beg to differ. Uh, none of that before Nightmare Before Christmas, before Christmas no, shit. Get that before, out of here. No, the Hot Topic overdid no, it. No, uh, Edward Scissorhands. Love that fucking movie. So that's fucking that's my it. second favorite next to Pee-wee. Okay. So the fellowship uh, sets off in the next scene and Frodo's like, Gandalf, which way is Mordor, left or right? And Gandalf's like, it's this way, idiot. And they like set off and then landscape shot, landscape shot, landscape shot, landscape shot. So much fucking New Zealand it's gorgeous. We all love it. Do, are any of us complaining about it? No. Hey, will you tell them the fact that you told me while we were watching that about the bigscapes or something? or The, the bigatures? Bigatures. Anybody who's watched <laughs> the special features of the extended editions would know. But they like created these things. like They coined the term bigatures for um, when they were like trying to build like a ruin or like a bit a, a set that's supposed to look really really fucking big and so they would build it like smaller than life but still pretty big and then they would like superimpose that into scenes with like some really really amazing um uh just special effects special effects yeah. from weta and it's just incredible if you haven't watched special features of the extended editions it is well worth the hours and hours and hours of of material there is it's just fascinating it is really fascinating it was a like a little slow paced so maybe don't watch it at like one o'clock in the morning like we tried to do no it's like a (laughs) three o'clock in the afternoon on a sunday when you have nothing else to do that's that's when you should watch the special exactly unless you're a night owl in which case one o'clock in the morning is the perfect time to start so, uh, we had our landscape shots, and then Gandalf is, like, talking about how he's like, we must journey on for 40 days and 40 nights, and it's like, okay, Moses. So, anyways, Gimli, they're, like, stopped at this little place, they're having a little rest, Gimli's like, we should go through the mines of Moria, my cousin Balin would give us a royal welcome, or whatever the fuck he's saying, and then, like, Boromir and Merry Pippin are having a cute little sword fight, and, like, everything's silly, and it's all adorable, and then there's a flock of birds, but it's like a, it's like a little black, black thing coming in the sky, and Gimli's like, what, it's just a wisp of cloud, which, like, it's clearly not, and then Legolas is like, Legolas is like, it's brighter from Dunland, whatever the fuck he says. And they all hide under the rocks and they're all scrambling around, putting out their fires and the birds flock and it's crazy. And then they come out. Boromir hides in a bush. Boromir hides in a bush. And then they all come out and 
Um, Gandalf's like, they're spies of Saruman, and we can't go the way that we've been going, so we're gonna have to go through the Pass of Caradhras. And they're like, ah, fuck. So then they're walking in the snow, and, like, Frodo, like, falls over and rolls around in the snow, and Boromir, like, picks up the ring, and they're like, give it back, Boromir. And he's like, but it's so small, it's just such a little thing. And then, and then Aragorn's like, give the ring back to Frodo, you fucker. And then Frodo, like, takes the ring from Boromir, and Boromir, like, lets it slide through his fingers. It's very dramatic. So anyways, they're, like, passing on, going through. Aragorn's, like, holding his sword. Yeah, he's, like, ready to fucking go. Oh, he he was gonna (laughs) cut his head off. He was gonna cut a bitch. So anyways, um, then we shoot to, like, Saruman at Isengard, and they're, like, you know, like, it's like that gross scene where all the orcs are like being born, you know, mm-hmm. you know what I'm talking it's, about? Yeah. Where they're like poking the mud and it's all gross and they're all and they nasty. rip out of those like fleshy, the weird, like, um, what are they called? Placenta, placenta things. It's like Ugh, disgusting. It's like great. I mean, I, I love it, but it's really gross. And then we are at the path of Caradhras and everything's terrible. And like, it's snowing and it's, perilous and it's treacherous and they're like the hobbits will not survive we must we yeah must. except for um legless who's just like yeah legless nice is like this stroll. is great this is fine um but like meanwhile saruman is like rah, 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 back in the distance and like making avalanches fall on them and shit during it's- the rest of the time that you do this do you want me to be doing that noise in the background yeah for sure <gasps> and they're like <laughs> going <laughs> They're going on it, and they're like, we must turn back. This will be the death of the hobbits. And Gandalf is like, I guess I'm overruled. And so they go back, and they turn back to go through the mines of Moria. And that's it. Can you, like, duplicate the sound of applause so it can sound like a ton of people applauding (laughs) at the same time? I could. Or we could just do snaps. Snaps. That was great, Maddie. That was like super in-depth and really interesting. Were you not expecting me to go so in-depth? I just, I'm always surprised when you just kill it, you know, because you rarely do. Fuck (laughs) you. I'm just joking. Fuck you. You're very good at your job. Jesus Christ. Congratulations. I need this. And now I'm going to do a only slightly different book overview. Great. I love it. Because you did all the hard work. Yep. For the book, Elrond starts out by sending scouts to spy on the enemy. And during this time, they're like, let's just have a little vacay here in Rivendell. So they hang out for two months. They party it up. They hang out. They get things ready. They're like shining up their armor. They're making build the pony all like fed and nice and happy. And they're just like having a really lovely time. And Elrond decides to choose who is going to be in the party. He's like, Gandalf, you got to go because you're the only one who's worth anything. (laughs) (laughs) Fuck the rest of you bitches. (laughs) (laughs) Fucking like threes over here. Gandalf's an 11. Yeah. Aragorn, you got to go because you're the only one who's also, you know, fantastic. Worth anything. And then Sam (laughs) and Frodo, Boromir, Legless, Gimli. And then he's like, I guess Merry and Pippin. I don't really know why they're going. They're really going to do nothing good, but... Okay, fine. Oh, don't worry. They will do some good things. <laughs> Fucking Elrond. So before they leave, Bilbo gives Frodo Sting and the Mithril Mail, which we talked about already. Yeah. And then Aragorn has his broken sword reforged and names it Anduril. 
The Flame of the West. That's right. <laughs> so now, after this moment, Aragorn now has his sword, which is different from the movie. Yeah, he doesn't get it till way later, which doesn't, like, they... It just doesn't matter. In the book, no, in the book it makes, I mean, I love the scene in the movie where he gets it because it's so dramatic and it's like, here's the sword. But like, why wouldn't they have just given it? They could do it the whole time. I don't know. Like, why wouldn't they just give it to him right when they set off the journey? And and instead, Elrond has to go that whole fucking way. And he's like, here's your sword. Well, and this is what we talked about when we did Aragorn, I think, is like, why didn't he just take the throne whenever if he was the heir of Isildur. Right. And this is what we're talking about. Until the ring was found, he was not supposed to take his his spot. Right, that right, was, right. was the whole the whole deal. The ring is now found, so now he can be the rightful heir to the throne of Gondor, and now the sword can be reforged and he can take his spot. Right. None of this was supposed to be done before. So now, okay, we found the ring, great. Re- reforge the sword, great. Now go be the king. Like, yeah. I mean, in the movie, it's so much more. It's a lot more. It's a lot more about it, his choice right. and it's, like it's his, more his choice, his own like, destiny. Do it yet? Like, and that's that's the whole thing. We were we were discussing this a little bit earlier about how uh, I was saying I really like the choice in the movie that he's like he's like I don't I never wanted that power. Like I kind of like it because there's that push and pull, and like that he has to like internal struggle yeah and he has to make a choice at a certain point to be like okay this is my duty i have to do it right and then also one thing i wanted to point out was that scene where they were talking about his mother and he was like wiping the the dirt and stuff off of the gravestone right it's really not accurate to the book because in the book we already learned about how his mother like lived with him at Rivendell. She was like there with him the whole time and like raised him there. Right. And was really lovely. And then the he, idea that they, they kind of acted in the movie like she like dropped him off in Rivendell and disappeared. The, the idea yeah, the idea that I think is present I they don't actually explicitly say this, but to me I always imagined that she like ventured to Rivendell and like, like died gave birth because, yeah, she and like, then was like Yeah. Please take care of my child. Whereas we know now from your research that that's been done all for the all of, of the, ev- every one of the heirs of a sealed door. Right. Yeah. So I don't know. It's just interesting. Just a little difference between the movie and the book. Yeah. But um, okay. So they depart and they're heading off and uh, they also bring Bill Fernie the pony, which Bill. is not in the movie like they don't write? No, there's a pony. Oh, and there then is. they okay, and then good. they like when they get to the pond, oh, right. they like let him go. It, and it's really sad. Right. So, um they set off on the foothills of the Misty Mountains and they do see that flock of spy birds from uh Saruman, Dunland. from Dunland, the whatever that is. I don't know. <laughs> Who the fuck knows? <laughs> Who the fuck knows? Somebody knows. <laughs> they decide to go uh do through the pass of how do you say Caradhras? Caradhras. Caradhras and over the mountains and then they have to turn back because they feel the force against them. And so pretty much yeah, it's like the same. And you know what? I I'm a little sad with myself because this wasn't like the normal Molly explosion of story, but it was not like it's landscape shots, bro. It's landscape shots. That's, <laughs> that's like that's how, that's how the chapter is. Too. I know. It's like, and then there was a rock at the side that was very rough. <laughs> and it's like, okay, it's okay. Like, they're walking it. along and then they have to stop for a second breakfast. And it's like, okay, cool. Like, we All love right. we love you, but do we need it? I like, I loved exploring 
any bits of Middle Earth that we do. But like when I'm retelling the story, it's just not. Well, yeah, it's very like Zen to read. It's very enjoyable when you're right. in the moment. And then to like talk about it later, it's like, well, not really that much happens. But but I can sum like, it up in like, like three like, sentences. Right, so here exactly. you go. No, I, I thought you did a great job. Well, at least I got the information out. You did. Don't. don't hey. I'm doing a little self-hate here. Don't self-hate. I just, you know, normally I just like. You're wearing like a I'm yellow shirt my, right now. I'm putting my. Hey, s- you're wearing a yellow shirt right now. Absorb the energy of that color. I'm not really. Absorb the energy no. of the color, bitch. All right. All right. All right. Okay. Can we do our um, discussions now? Yeah. Okay. Did you absorb the energy <laughs> of the yellow? I tried. Okay. At least you tried. Okay. Nothing decided, cried Pippin. Then what were you all doing? You were shut up for hours. Talking, said Bilbo. There was a deal of talk. And everyone had an eye-opener, even old Gandalf. I think Legless's bit of news about Gollum caught even him on the hop, though he passed it off. You were wrong, said Gandalf. You were inattentive. I had already heard of it from Gwaihir. If you want to know, the only real eye-openers, as you put it, were you and Frodo, and I was the only one that was not surprised. Who the hell is Gwai here? Yeah, who the fuck is this bitch? Gwai here. Gwai here. Also a very difficult name to say. You got it. It's, Gwai it's here. better than Beleriand. Truth. <laughs> Maddie, who do you think Gwai here is? You know what? I'm going to be totally honest with you. I have no fucking clue, but I'm guessing he's an elf. All right. Gwai here. The Wind Lord. What? <laughs> Lord of the Great Eagles. literally it was weeks ago and me and maddie were deciding what topics we wanted to do for this episode and i was like who's this guy and i googled it i was like oh my god oh my god i'm doing this don't look it up i'm doing it it's not till this moment that maddie has found out what i was doing i'm so fucking excited the fucking great eagles eagles oh wait should we sing take it to the limit one, one more, more time. time actually i was gonna go and he will raise you up on eagle's wings there you are this is like a religious it's like song a church from song for <laughs> we grew up catholic we're neither of us are catholic anymore just for the record i think we've talked about enough stuff to make that pretty obvious to people but yeah anyways why here Gwai here. Gwai here. Gwai here. Gwai here. (laughs) (laughs) Is one of the great eagles. So let's talk about the great eagles for just a little bit before we really talk about Gwai here. Oh, I would love to. Okay. So while we were recording our episode, we got a little call from our brother Luke, who you may remember from episode three, hashtag all roads lead to Numenor. So we decided to ask him a little question and see what he thought about the great eagles. Luke, how do you feel about the Great Eagles? I think they are an insanely lazy plot point. I think that you can say that a wizard chooses to die when he wants to die, but if the eagles swoop in at just the right moment when he could not have planned that and did not call for them specifically, it's garbage. Sorry, it's just how I feel. So, do you think that they've done good, though, when they have come in and saved them? Yes, they've done good because they're... Yes, it's a lazy shortcut to just getting it's it's a I don't know, it's a shoots and ladders solution to, to like more complex problems. You're on the edge of a cliff and they just show up. 
Well, I think that you're going to find this information from this episode very interesting because you're going to understand why they come when they do. Is it like, um, is it like, uh, what's his name? Aquaman? No, it's nothing like, I don't know, actually. Molly, no, is it like nothing Aquaman? Nothing to do with fifth. Fibs. Yeah, they got fish brains, but bird brains. Birds are just the fish of the sky. <laughs> Everybody knows it. I don't know what Aquaman no, is. There's no fish telepathy. Okay, well, that was my main question, and I guess I'll have to listen to the episode. Thanks for having me on, guys. All right, we Thanks, love you, Luke. Luke. Love you. You can catch me every noon on Sunday screaming on the top of my roof about uh, kind of whatever I just saw on TV. Good, I love, that. I love that. I love that. So, the Great Eagles were... Made by Manwe, who, oh, yeah. of course, is the king of the Valar, mm-hmm. who are the people who assisted Eru Livatar, the god, in creating Arda, mm-hmm. the world. I It doesn't specifically say this, but I'm pretty sure that Manwe was, like, obsessed with these eagles. Because he made them the coolest motherfuckers and then gave them almost no responsibilities. Uh, which I, love I, love, I love that it's of great. all the things in lord of the rings like that has to be the best case scenario for being created yeah in they're this world. like let's make you awesome let's make you indestructible let's make you immortal and then let's say you that you don't, don't really have to do anything <laughs> you can choose what you want to do <laughs> okay so he taught them how to speak western quenya Sindarin, and valoran so the fuck yeah in the movies they don't talk Oh, they talk. They talk. <gasps> they're talking eagles? Oh, they're talking eagles. They like, talk all the languages. Like the rescuers style? Yeah. Holy oh, yeah. shit. They are talking eagles. Fucking love it. I already mentioned this, but they are immortal. So it's kind of the same thing with the elves. Like when they're done, they can like retire to Valinor and then just like live a nice little peaceful life. On, with a, little, the... on a little perch. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, they are fucking massive so the movies made them smaller than they actually are are you serious yeah the smallest ones are between 75 to 100 feet the fuck they can get to like 180 feet in wing length wingspan so i asked jesse i said what what is like the length of like 100 feet and he said it would be approximately two massive semi trucks lined up right one after another that's their wingspan Jesus fucking Christ. I mean, that's fucking massive. They're big Even boys. The smallest ones would be like 75 wing uh, feet in length or wingspan. Five cars lined up bumper to bumper. Okay, that's... But are we talking about like five Priuses? Are we talking <laughs> five about like five... Mid-sized to full-size sedans lined up bumper to bumper. Okay, fair enough. Cool. Big ass birds. Big ass birds. Okay, so technically their job is to be like messengers and spies of Monway. That was like their only thing they were supposed to just be like hey like let us know what's going on mailman spy yeah okay <laughs> got it Tinker taylor what i'm picturing Tinker taylor mailman spy is they're just like hedwig like that's like their yeah. only jobs you know they're like send be a letter friend. to my friends it's the eagle post <laughs> the eagle's like i have some birthday presents for you <laughs> here's your birthday cake it's a little squash this one's Do from they your also wife bring howlers <laughs> So get this, they can see through all physical matter. The fuck? Yeah, like, like X-ray vision. They literally, <laughs> they literally can see. They literally have X-ray vision. Yeah, they can see through all physical matter except Morgoth's evil pits. 
what the hell does that mean? I don't know. You didn't look it up. <laughs> we'll do that another time. <laughs> Apparently, Morgoth has some evil pits. He do can't you think see they're those. talking about like his armpits? <laughs> I was just thinking the same thing. <laughs> the smell is so bad they don't try to look there. They're evil. <laughs> they were actually evil before he even came out as evil. <laughs> they're like Melkor, bro, honey. You need some de- <laughs> you need some deodorant. <laughs> He's like using one of those stones. You know how people use the, the crystal deodorant? <laughs> He's like, it's actually all natural. <laughs> have you ever seen Okay, no, you have not seen Portlandia, but there's this awesome sketch from it where they're talking about natural deodorant and they keep going. I just love it because I just smell like me. <laughs> <laughs> That's Melkor. That's funny. Okay, so they have a Eerie, which I had to look up. What? An eerie. An E-Y-R-I-E, which is a large nest for like birds of prey. Oh, cool. Yeah, great. Uh, It's all in the most badass places. They literally have like one of these eeries in the high up Missy Mountains. They have one in Gondolin before it, you know, got destroyed. Uh, They had one on Mount Melanotarma. Mel- yeah. The one that's on Numenor that yeah, I researched. Yeah, yeah. Right? And they're just like all over in the coolest fucking places. And so they all like live together and have these big old nests. And they just like. They've got some really just, nice real estate. Yeah, they just like <laughs> overlook everything and they circle around. They just have. They just like live their life. Do you think they sometimes just like sit up in those nests and like there's just like a war going on and they're like, we want to do something about that? And they're like. That's nah. exactly what happens because they always they're wait just chilling until... in the penthouse, waiting for the. They're like, we'll wait for down. it to get really bad, but like, do you guys want to <laughs> play a game of ticket to ride first? <laughs> okay, so something very interesting. In earlier texts, Tolkien referred to them as bird-shaped myars. Oh, I mean, they're not really myars, but I just thought that was interesting. Like, I guess he kind of rephrased that later and was like, well, he was like, well, exactly nobody's going to fucking understand what that, that means. It's like, we already sense. don't. Yeah, we, we don't understand. <laughs> we don't even understand this anyways. <laughs> okay. One more thing. We talked about why, um, why couldn't they just pick up the ring and fly it to Mordor? Yeah. This was a quote from Gandalf. The eagles are a dangerous machine. I have used them sparingly, and that is the absolute limit of their credibility or usefulness. (laughs) Of their credibility? (laughs) I think that what he's saying is, like, they are doing their own shit. They're kind of unconcerned with, like, the the so-called greater good of Middle Earth. And so it's like he's – he – Gandalf is friends with them, and so – that's why they're so willing to help him but like i don't i don't think it's appropriate for he's him to, like they're, like, they're like guys like what if we they're like yeah, enough why don't you just ask the eagles and he's like okay listen well <laughs> <laughs> yes we hang out yes we hit a bong together it's fine you don't want to rely on these guys for a pickup. I'm telling you that it is number one chance that one of them or all of them are going to be hammered. Okay. How long did he wait at Saruman's tower for that guy to show up? I mean, <laughs> he's like checking his phone. He's like, and it's like Uber is arriving in five minutes. He's like, it's been 20 minutes. It's said five minutes the entire time. Okay. Why, where is he? There is information on that. And I am getting to that. Okay. 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 All right. All right. So, this is like the general information about the eagles. And now I'm going to go and kind of go more into Gwaihir. Okay, cool. Okay. So more about Gwaihir. The Wind Lord. The Wind Lord. So actually, I kind of lied. 
more about who he's descended from. Woohoo! Are we going to talk about Guai here? We are going to talk about Guai here, but Guai here, the last airbender? Yes. But first, we are going to talk about who he's descended from, which is Thorondor. Thorondor. Can I look at that? Thorondor. 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 He is the king of eagles during the first age. Whoa. He was the largest of all of the eagles with a wingspan of 180 feet across. Jesus Christ. Wait, was Thorondor the one who came and rescued? Shh, I'm getting there. Oh. Okay. (laughs) He was one of the first of the eagles to be sent to... Middle Earth, and he was sent by Manwe, and his goal was to watch over the Noldor elves. You remember the Noldor, Noldor elves were banned from Valinor, yep, and they were sent to Middle Earth. Yep, yep, they, yep. But but Manwe was like, but they're kind of cool. Like, I mean, they've done some bad, but like, it's like just keep an eye on them, Thrandor. Come on, on. <laughs> right? Because remember, he's like a little spy. So he is over there, keep an eye on everybody, and he's in Beleriand said it right and he eventually is there guarding gondolin remember he made his little nest bird nest he yeah. up in gondolin and then gondolin gets attacked and he waits until fingelfin fingelfin is that his name fingelfin yeah that's a really fingelfin. dumb name fingelfin really dumb name. <laughs> i love it. it sounds like a christmas elf <laughs> he's the high king of the noldor he waits till he gets murdered and then morgoth is gonna like brutalate his Brutalate? Mutilate? <laughs> Close enough. Brutalate. Wait, I gotta That's write it down. That's Yeah, I gotta write it down. Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> That's a good one. Okay. That's one of my favorites. <laughs> Brutalate. <laughs> I'm keeping that one. <laughs> Anyways. <laughs> he wants to rescue this body so that it doesn't get hurt from Morgoth. Or Brutalated. <laughs> Anyway, and mutilated. <laughs> he, um, I want to hear you say it. Mutilated. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Okay. Fine. He comes in, he rescues the body, and while he does, he gives Morgoth this nasty face scar. I thought you were going to say he gives him the finger. <laughs> no, he like scratches that motherfucker's face. Ooh, but that makes Morgoth look like way sexier, though, I bet. Hmm. Okay. You have oh. an interesting taste in men. God, we all know it. All right. So he also rescued Baron and Luthien during their escape from the prison Angband. Yeah. Remember what? Now I couldn't exactly remember. Was that was that when they were trying to get the the Silmaril? Silmaril, and then they had the big old fight with a wolf. But the wolf Baron died during this part. No, no, he he died after they tried to go. (laughs) They went and slayed the wolf. Oh, okay. Right. Oh, right. This is where he just like he gets his hand bent off, hand. and right. then and then and then Luthien's dad is like, "We're gonna call you." Uh, what did he call it? Empty-handed. Empty-handed. <laughs> <laughs> Asshole. Okay. So then, when Gondolin fell, he rescued everybody who survived, and then he worked with Arendil. And he led the eagles all into battle against the dragons in the War of the Rat. Oh, fuck, yeah. He's just, like, killing it all over the place. He's, like, rescuing Baron and Luthien. He's rescuing everybody in Gondolin. He's rescuing dead bodies. I mean, he's just, like, killing it. I love that. I know. He's so good. I know. So then he decided, I'm kind of done. I, 
I've done my shit. And so he left and head back to Valinor and he let Gwaihir take over as Lord of Eagles. Okay, so did now we're at Gwaihir the Wind Lord. Now we're actually gonna talk about the Wind Lord. We're gonna talk about the Wind Lord now. Okay. He did some pretty badass shit too. I know it feels like he just comes in when it's convenient, but there's always reasons of like why he came in when he did. And this is the point that I wanted to make to Luke. It does feel like he comes in in these like convenient catch-all times where it's like, how can we get Gandalf off of this really high tower? Oh, throw an eagle at him. How can we get uh, Gandalf off this cliff where he's dead? Throw an eagle at him. But there's always like reasons they come when they do. Because they are like their own people. They do their own shit. Right. I mean, their number one concern is not like the fates of the other beings on Middle Earth. They're kind of like, we do our own thing. But like, eh, if we need to be there, yeah, like, right. we'll do it. Right. But that's not like their number Their number one concern is not to be the servants of like the other people who dwell on Middle Earth, right? Like they're... Yeah, okay. exactly. It's kind of like Tom Bombadil, how he's like doing his own thing. But yeah. like if somebody's there and needs help, he's like, yeah, I'm going to help you. Like... I'm going to do it. It's but he's good. not going to go like super out of his way. Right. Except for for Gandalf because they're friends. They're besties. They're buddies. They're buddies. I love that. And apparently way back when Gandalf saved him from a poisoned arrow. <gasps> and that's why they're such good friends. That's cute. I know. I just love that so much. Also, Gwaihir was with um, Thorin. What's his name? Oakenshield? No. Thrandir. Thrandor. Thorondor. Thorondor. When they rescued Baron and Luthien. He was on that little mission. Oh, he was there. There's some speculation that he was also part of the Eagles who rescued Thorin and company. Thorin? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, Thorin and company. Uh, but then later, Gandalf makes a remark about how this is like the first time that he'd ridden on Gwaihir. So it, maybe not. Maybe not. It's kind of back and forth. Okay, so in Third Age 3018, Gandalf asked Radagast to send word to Gwaihir to learn about the enemy's plans. He was okay. like, Radagast is the one who's really good with the animals. He he's loves an, the he's animals. He's another wizard, and he's really good with the animals. And he's like, can you please, please, please go find somebody who can send word to Gwaihir so that we can find out some information as a favor to me. So Gwaihir is like, you know what, dude, I love you. We're besties. I'm going to help you out. So he goes off. He does all this research. He's gone for a very long time. And then he comes out back and he's learned about the Nazgul. He's learned about the orcs. He's learned about the wargs. He's learned about Gollum and his plans. He's just done everything. And he comes back to tell Gandalf because Gandalf apparently told him, "I'm meet me in Isengard. He comes back and finds him imprisoned on the top of the tower. Like he wasn't expecting to find him No. There? He thought he was just hanging there with Solomon. Like- <laughs> Didn't realize he was going to be a prisoner. No. He's he like, thought- hey, you got. Oh. He's like, hey, oh, this is awkward. Ooh, he's like, um, hey, bros, what's up? Oh. He's like, Gandalf, you good, buddy? And Gandalf's like, oh, no, I'm not good. I'm not get good. Me out of here. He's like, I got you. I got you. He's like, hey, Saruman, just came to pick Gandalf. I mean, you know, like, we're good. We're good, right? Right, buddy? Like, Right, it was so. How many like times that friend happened? you have call you about twenty minutes into your date in case you want to get out of there? Yeah, no, God, but it's I love even that. less like that because he, he had no idea what was going no on. Idea. It's like when you're at a, on a really bad date and your friend walks into the bar that you're at, and, and you just like, happen to be yes! like, "Yes." <laughs> It's like that. <laughs> he had no fucking idea. He thought that he was just coming to give him some information and everything was good. 
And it was not good. It was not good at all. He was in prison. And so he was like, oh my gosh, I'm going to rescue you. No problem. I got you. So in the movies, it is a little bit more confusing. So I do see where people get that from, where they feel like it was just too... Convenient. Convenient that the eagle just came and saved him because he like whispered to the little um, moth and the moth flew away and went and got the big eagle. But it really wasn't convenient. It was just he was already coming back. And then he rescued him just because he was there. But apparently, they say, like, the eagles are super strong, but they are not able to carry full-sized men for a very long time. Gandalf's a little, a little guy. No, they said that, that he's really not able to carry him for a very long time. That's why he didn't fly him all the way to Rivendell. He flew him down to the plains of Rohan and then got him to a horse so that Gandalf could ride a horse. Oh, that's nice. He's like, bro, too heavy, man. But you I know I love you, that but a little bit much. funny. Like, these are birds that are like fucking giant. hundred wi- feet but, wingspan. But bro, but they their, can't... their bones are hollow. Apparently, they're not that strong, though. So it does make a lot of sense. It's not like everybody can be riding these birds. Birds, like, How big of a person can you fly on th- with on your back? I don't like your sass. <laughs> oh, I'm just saying. <laughs> it was a, it was a valid count, question. Let's valid not question. count down what they're doing here. All right. Yeah. I mean, yeah. I am on Plus, Team Great answer, Eagle. Answer the question. I'm on Team Eagle. Stop dodging the question, Molly. <laughs> answer the goddamn question. I can carry none if I'm flying. Gandalf is taller than an average man. So, I mean, you figure No, he's, he's not. No, he's not. Because he's in the book, shorter. he's Remember, a little guy. Learned this. He's a little guy. He's only his, five, his five, features are small. His shoulders slope down. He's a little guy. Hmm. He's a little guy. Well, he's bigger than Hobbit. Have you even been listening to our podcast, Jesse? No, You're not listen. a true fan. No. Not a true fan. He sits here, he presses record, and then he just fucking checks out. Sometimes I fall asleep. Jesse, you're fired. This <laughs> okay. is it. Listen, Guai here is the swiftest of all the eagles. Ooh. And he is strong enough to carry the grown men, but only for short distances, which okay. we talked about. He has a brother named Landreval, who is often with him. So, like, their besties are flying to the sky. It's kind of like me and you. Just like hang out together 24-7. I love it. Save people when it's convenient for us. (laughs) (laughs) We don't really save people. No. (laughs) In the Hobbit movies, Gwaihir helps them escape from Azog, which is that really, really creepy... The the pale orc. Yeah, Yeah. he's really creepy. And Radagast rides him into battle of the five armies. Yeah, fuck yeah, Radagast. But I guess that doesn't actually happen in the books. Oh, yeah. But it's cool in the movie. Yeah. So there is more to Gwai here, but it all happens after this part of the book. And we have decided, even though Maddie never follows through, to not talk about things that haven't happened. I did this time. Good for you. Anyways, so Gwai here in general is a really cool guy. He really <laughs> wants to help out. He's like, I'm cool and I'm here, but like, I don't want to help out when it's like relaxed time. Yeah, yeah. I mean, you got to have downtime, you yeah, know? Yeah. If you're going to go in and, like, swoop in and save people, like, every once in a while, you definitely got to have that R&R. Yeah, but, like, I guess I felt better about it because I had had that conversation many times of, like, why aren't the Eagles coming when it's, you know, when we need them? And it's like, well, they don't. It's they, not exactly, like, the most convenient thing. Like, they, you have to get in contact with them is, and is the are, biggest thing yeah. that I've, like, taken away from this is it's not just, like. And you have to build up a rapport with them. Like, they're literally yeah, friends with Yeah, you gotta be buddies Gandalf with them. Yeah. They, they're, they're not friends with yeah, everybody. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You gotta be buddies. Yeah. You know who else they're friends with? Who? Galadriel. Of course. And spoiler, She's friends with everybody. Spoiler alert. Oh, God. Galadriel is who sent Gwaihir to find Gandalf when he fell down with the Balrog. 
so she's cool with him too which is like not shocking because like no she's cool she's cool with everybody who's cool i was just excited by that little part i love that good job thank you that was amazing all right madeline okay are you ready yes okay boromir had a long sword in fashion like andriel but of less lineage and he bore also a shield and his war horn Loud and clear it sounds in the valleys of the hills, he said, and then let all the foes of Gondor flee. Putting it to his lips, he blew a blast, and the echoes leapt from rock to rock, and all that heard the voice in Rivendell sprang to their feet. We're doing Boromir, baby. It's happening. (laughs) Okay. Are you ready? I'm ready, Maddie. So one thing... You knew I was doing Boromir before yes. this. So I remember you were the other day you were like, I just don't know anything really about him. Like, who's his mom? Guess what? What? I'm going to talk about her. Oh, we found her. Quite a bit. <laughs> Quite a bit. I'm going to talk about I'm her. so excited. Cause, like no women get any. I know. I in know. This book, so. Well, it's sort of a little bit. Of, it's about her. Okay. Well, just go mad. Why don't I just speak <laughs> and you listen? Okay. Born in third age, 2978, Boromir was the eldest child of Denethor II, steward of Gondor, and his wife, Finduilas. That's a pretty name. Yes. So Finduilas was the daughter of Prince Adrahil II of Dol Amroth, which was a small like seaside principality of Gondor. So okay. part of the kingdom of Gondor, but it's like by the sea to the south. Okay. Dol Amroth was formed in the first age by cinder refugees from Beleriand. Ooh. Mm-hmm. Wait, and are they elf? Yeah. <gasps> well, hold on. Hold okay. on. They're later joined by a Numenorean family of the faithful. You remember the... Yeah. I mean, you did yeah, that. Section, obviously, so yeah, right. obviously you remember the faithful. These are the people who are... Not fuckers. Not fuckers. <laughs> okay. Uh, and that is in the second age that they come and join the cinder elves there. Elendil gave them title to rule the fife of Belfales. So that's like a region that's like just sort of around there. It's basically like a feudal society there. What does that mean? Do you remember like feudalism? It's like there's the lord and then there's like the knights and then there's like the fiefs, which are like the the pe- parcels of land. And then there's like the people who are allowed to own the land. And then there's like the peasants and all that. Doesn't matter. I do not need to give a basic lesson on feudalism right now. Because it's not really that important for the rest of the thing. Okay. So the citizens of Dol Amroth never fucked with middlemen, which are like the sort of like lesser men. It's fucking racist as shit. But like, so their Numenorean blood remained pure quote-unquote with the exception of some intermingling elvish blood because obviously they were there together with the cinder elves uh by third age 1981 the elves had peaced out thoroughly like they're gone but their influence remained because the men of dol amroth were some of the only um of a handful of gondorians who spoke cinderin in their daily life interesting they still still spoke it the people of Dol Amroth were tall, gray-eyed, and dark-haired. They are also, get this, 
the most skillful harp players in all of Gondor. Oh, well, that is a title that is... Nobody else holds that, do they? Even Aragorn booked them for his coronation. Stop it. They were there. They were there. And I'm like... Did he did he get him for the wedding too? He had to because like nobody else can play the booty call, you know, for Glorfindel to like throw it down to. Right. You know what I mean? Right. Like who else is gonna do it except for these guys? And I mean, Legless and Gimli need that slow dance song. Oh god, they need it with with the the harps. Yeah, like beautiful, beautiful. gorgeous, gorgeous. Anyways, in Third Age twenty nine seventy six, Finduilus snags herself a sugar daddy. That's right. Denethor Mm -hmm. he's like way older than she is that's like something that they noted in like what I was reading they were like he's really old and she was not old so he is the son of Ecthelion the second and heir to the stewardship of Gondor obviously and she's like no I really love him and you're like are you sure like anyways wait wait wait. is he what's counted as a middleman no because he's like from middle earth no like who are the middlemen what's that mean Uh, like the um like the the you know like those random little settlements of men who are like yeah. not descended from the Numenorians okay. oh, okay. and like he sh- they only want like Numenorian blood yeah okay that makes yeah sense. basically so Denethor is described as having quote loved her in his fashion more dearly than any other unquote like kind of a red flag. If we're going to be honest, like loved her in his fashion. What does that mean? Ugh. Like, it's a little weird. I don't know. It it doesn't sit with me quite right. Everybody noticed that Fendulus is like kind of miserable in Minas Tirith. Like she sort of hates it. She misses her seaside home and the big fucking cloud of noxious fumes coming from Mordor, like kind of bummed her out severely, which like, can we talk about this for a second? Minas Tirith is like here and it's like the white city, right? Like, and it's gorgeous and there's all these towers and everything's great. And then it's just like fucking Mordor is right there. And it's just like a little bit of a weird location, weird location. It's not great. Like looking at volcanoes. It's like, oh, I'd love to see the blue sky today, but instead I'm going to see whatever the fuck is going on there. Also, also. Let's talk for a minute about how she's miserable, probably because she has to sit and watch Denethor eat. Ew, gross. gross. When he's chewing his food and that little like drip of like blood or tomato juice or whatever the fuck it is. Ugh, Ugh, gross. I hate that. Um, So where were we? Right. Okay. So she gives birth to Boromir and then five years later to Faramir. The second birth, it like weakened her big time. Like, not good for her. And then a year later, Ecthelion dies, like, pretty suddenly. And so Denethor is, like, immediately thrown into the actual, like, stewardship role. And, like, we all know, big work promotion, not necessarily the best for home life. So four years later, at the age of 38, Finduilus dies. Oh, Yeah. Jesse, that's almost your age. Yep. Cursed age. You only have three more years with me. You better get this beach house soon. 38 club. (laughs) (laughs) I've been talking about the 27 club a lot recently. Now it's the 38 club. Okay. So after her death, Denethor blossoms into the fully realized dickhead that we all love to hate. 
do we love to hate him? I just hate him. I love to hate him. He's so Ugh. fun to hate. There's so there's so few people in the series that like I actually hate. And Denethor is one of them. It's He's just the nice. umbrage of this series. He completely is. He completely is. Yeah. Um, he thinks Faramir is like basically a waste of space. But he fucking loves the shit out of Boromir. Like he loves him. So let's get back to the uh, man of the hour. Boromir is only 10 years old at the time of his mother's death. And Denethor obviously morphs into like a total psycho and doesn't even try to pretend that he doesn't play favorites. So because of this, Boromir essentially says like, fuck it. I'm just going to raise Faramir by myself, basically. And the 10 year old says that he's like, he's like, nobody else is going to fucking take care of this guy. Like I got to do it. So like little five year old Faramir is going around and the dad's like, I hate you. (laughs) I actually feel very emotional about that. I know it's really sad, but they become really, really close. And like, they have a really wonderful bond and they're just like the closest that brothers can be. Boromir as a person devotes his life to leading his people and everyone is obsessed with him. Like people love him. He's just like an all around super cool guy. Like even the people of Rohan like are in his, his little fan club. Like they just love him. Even like Aomer even is like, Oh, Boromir, that guy's fucking sweet. Like everybody loves him. Um, He's just, like, all around very likable. He's, like, getting fan letters all the time and... Yeah. Yeah, like, basically. I'm picturing, like, Prince Char fan club from Elle Enchanted. It's exactly like that. Okay. (laughs) It's exactly like that. Okay, so why, why does everybody know him this way, right? He's known for being super valiant. Why? One of the main reasons is because what happened at Osgiliath. Okay. Is this, like, Osgiliath, like, when we saw it happen? Or is this previous stuff? So, you know how there's like the flashbacks to like the aftermath of some sort of something that happened where there's Boromir and Faramir and Denethor is being an asshole to Faramir, basically. Right. Okay. So I'm going to talk about that just a little bit. There's it, The information is a little bit patchy, so it's not... I, I'm just going to continue without any more disclaimers. So Osgiliath, I don't know if you knew this, but Osgiliath is actually the original capital city of Gondor. Oh, really? Yeah. Um, it deserves its own feature, so I'm not going to, like, go into the history okay. a, a bunch more. But all you need to know is that, like, approximately 500 years before our story begins, a bunch of, like, punk-ass Urukai come in and just try and, like, fuck things up. And they just attack and they ruin the city, which is why it looks the way that it does when we see it. So there's a bridge in Osgiliath, which is, it crosses the River Anduin, which is that great river and it's really, really important for Gondor. It's like a stronghold. It's a way for them to get across the banks really easily. So the Uruks attack again. And uh, Boromir and Faramir lead a group of defenders um, of the Great Bridge that crossed the River Anduin. But when the Uruks attack, Boromir just like fought super, super hard to hold the bridge and Faramir as well. And it's in the eastern part of the city, but it eventually does get totally destroyed and actually though entirely like the day was saved like they did mostly keep the city out of the hands of the Urukai. like Boromir Faramir Faramir Boromir Faramir Faramir why do I keep calling him this <laughs> Faramir. Boromir and Faramir and 
two other dudes are the only survivors of like the defenders of the bridge. Oh shit. Yeah. So kind of intense, but like the fact that they made it out alive is like sort of a testament to their character. Yeah. 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 That they were like, fuck y'all we're running. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So, and, and they just like fucking killed it basically. Um, that's not what I was saying. What I was saying is that they like peaced out and like let the other people die. No, they did not do that. <laughs> they did not do that at all. No, but I was saying that. And then you were like, yeah. No, yeah. Right. Okay. <laughs> no, I disagree. <laughs> Strongly. Okay, so not much is known about like what else Boromir did in between that time and his journey to Imladris or Rivendell. But a couple decades have passed. So by the time... He's making that journey. This is what has happened. Boromir and Faramir, they have the same dream. We don't know what happened. Maybe they took a little acid together, had a little similar experience. But they experience a dream with the same riddle. And it says this. Seek for the sword that was broken. In Imladris it dwells. There shall be counsels taken stronger than Morgul spells. There shall be shown a token that doom is near at hand, for a seal door's bane shall waken, and the halfling forth shall stand. Well, wow, it's pretty straightforward, actually. So, like, less of a riddle and more of just, like, literally exactly what happens. <laughs> <laughs> it's literally like, and they heard a riddle, and it's like, meow, 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 you're gonna go to this council, and this is exactly what is going to take place. <laughs> it's like, cool. And Boromir's like, I wonder what's going to happen. Let me go ask Elrond. It's yeah, like, I better go because I, I don't even know. It's like, I guess what I'm going to have to go. What so I, wait, wait. Side note, which is so funny because like this is Sildor's Bane. Like all of this information is where Gandalf found it in Minas Tirith. Like yeah. he literally went to Minas Tirith to find this information. Yeah. It's all in the city. And he's like, huh, what's, what's here? What, what, what's going to happen? I don't know. I got to go tell, talk to Elrond. He'll know. I'm going to take this thousand mile journey and He's go a, should find it. But like literally that's what happened. So he sets off to Rivendell um, and Denethor's fucking pissed about it. He's like, don't go. Like, I don't want you talking to him. Like, don't go. And Boromir's like, whatever, dad. Like, I'm going to go. I'm going to do my own thing. I need to have a soul searching journey, please. <laughs> so he goes to seek the council of Elrond about his dream. The journey from Gondor to Rivendell is really fucking difficult and he does it alone there are ruins and fords and like all manner of rough terrain he loses his horse in like tharbad and has to continue the rest of the journey on foot it takes him like 110 days oh my god yeah and he goes fucking alone like he's why didn't he take faramir with him Faramir was like off doing his own. Probably defending thing. that. I don't know. Yeah, 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 yeah. He's left in charge of def- defending Osgiliath. Okay. So basically, Boromir makes this incredibly difficult journey. And we don't, I feel like when we see in the movie, we don't get that at all. It's just like, I'm Boromir and I'm here and I'm here to cause problems. And it's like, no, like, right. like he came for an actual reason. Like he had just as much of a reason to be there as everybody else did. And he fucking made the if hardest more. I mean, he had this like straight up vision that was like, you need to fucking be there. Right. Right. It was sort of like a mystical, weird vision. It's like, he was clearly meant to be there. Have we talked about the fact that it could have been that 
Valar, who's the one of dreams. Which one is that? Olmo? Uh, Olmo? Is that who it is? Like, did did the maybe. Valar give them that dream? I mean, maybe. That's really Who knows? Yeah. Like, who knows to what extent they have their little their little paws in everybody's business, like you know? puppet. Yeah. 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 I mean, Interesting. They're weirdos. Who knows? <laughs> <laughs> this section is called Cool Facts About Boromir. Number one cool fact. Boromir is six foot fucking four. What? <laughs> yeah. Oh my gosh. That's like I would have to stand on my he's tippy, like, tippy, tippy toes to give him a kiss. He's like really tall, but you know what? Worth it. <laughs> Worth it. <laughs> Maddie's into the tall guys. I love tall guys. <laughs> I just love tall people in general. Would you date like a really tall woman? Absolutely. I love tall people. They really? look like all elven. tall people. All tall people. They look like elves to me. That's wonderful. I didn't know if it was like specifically like a anytime somebody can hug me and my head is on their chest, like that is number one. Like that is that's gold for me. I love it. Tall women, tall men. Yeah, especially if they're women and they have the boobs and you can just like Yeah, that's the good shit right there. <laughs> <laughs> I really want to date like a captain of a women's basketball team. I feel like we would make a really, really good like rom com together. Or like a Amazon woman. Oh, and a real tall and the- <sighs> like Wonder Woman, like that type of deal. Yeah, yeah hell yeah. Hell Except yeah. for like not whitewashed. Yeah, <laughs> and like everything else <laughs> offensive about that movie, we'll fight with you on it. Don't worry, <laughs> we're not going to talk about it now. But if you want to fight us, you can DM us. Anyways, so uh, what are my other cool facts about Boromir? Of all the personality traits about Boromir. The most important are that he is steadfast, selfless, and bold. Mm. Mm. <laughs> Yum. <laughs> that was creepy and I hated it. I yeah, hated that. It, it was terrible. It. Okay. Unlike Faramir, he took a little interest in reading books and scrolls and the study of lore. He, he per- took little interest in it? <laughs> he doesn't like... <laughs> like, Faramir's like the nerdy one. And Boromir's like, fucking nerd, like reading your books. <laughs> He, he, like, prefers to count his macros and, like, get his gains. You know what I mean? This He's, like, at the gym I every day. That's why I love Faramore. That's why I love Faramore. Why do we have so much trouble with his name tonight? I, don't know, we're, I was calling him Faramy. Faramy. I think we edited out most of that, but, like, <laughs> Faramy. <laughs> oh, boy. And Boromore. And Boromir. Faramore. Score. I love it. His desire to help his people, coupled by his inability to do so, is actually what made him so susceptible to the power of the One Ring. Say that again. He wanted to help his people so badly, but he actually didn't really... He couldn't do anything truly helpful. Okay. Besides, like, minor valiant deeds. Right. And that's what made him so susceptible to the power of the ring. He wanted that big power so that he could help. He wanted help. It wasn't really about the power. It was about helping. Oh. Yes. His entire vision that he hoped to achieve if he had the ring was to defeat Sauron and use the ring to rule with wisdom and generosity. That was what he had. And, of course, we know that the ring is corrupt and he would have never been able to achieve that. But that was his his desire in his heart of hearts was to just be like a wise and benevolent leader. And that is why Boromir 
first of all, did not deserve to die and, in fact, deserves way more credit than people give him. And I love him now more than ever. That was really awesome, Maddie. Thank you. I'm really, really, really impressed with your research, but also with Boromir. Like, he was a pretty chill dude, actually. Yeah, I feel like, I mean, there are moments in the films where you get that sense of, like, him being awesome. Yeah. And it's more from, I like, think, when you see him in battle fighting. Well, but to and me, like when he's to like me playing Faramir's, with the little... Faramir's memories of him oh, I know. are what really, and, and he's already dead at that point. You don't, right. you don't get that really in his life because I feel like a lot of Boromir's lines in the films are like well the ring should go to Gondor and like all this stuff and it's like you know he he was just trying his best he would not have been he was such a more passionate and like natural born leader than Denethor ever was. Oh yeah, he and would like, be such a better leader. Yeah, if he had, if if Aragorn had not taken the throne, if right. if the ring had not been discovered, Boromir would have made a, an absolutely fine steward of Gondor, and he would have like really turned shit around. And like, I just I love him for that. Okay, Maddie, I have a very big challenge question for you. Okay, the nine members of the Fellowship starting out. You have to kill off one. Who do you kill off? Oh, fuck. Just starting out. At the very beginning, right after the council, they're heading off. One gets shot by Nero immediately and dies. No. (laughs) (laughs) No. I don't like this question. It's got to (laughs) happen. No. No, 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 no. I'm going to get... I no matter what I say, people are going to get angry. No, but you have to. I mean, imagine if you're listening to this. Imagine you're in the same boat. You have to kill off one purely, Who would it be? purely based on usefulness. Okay, if we're starting out right, right with the fellowship. Okay, okay you're going usefulness. Okay, based on that sounds so utilitarian. I don't like it. Um, but yes, based on usefulness. <laughs> All right, I Pippin. see it. Pippin does fuck a lot of shit up. He does fuck a lot of shit up. I mean, a lot of shit up. <laughs> yeah. Chip lap. <laughs> that was Maddie's attempt to not cuss. Yeah. <laughs> a lot of shit up. I'm just going to say ship from now on. That's bullshit. <laughs> You're a piece of shit. <laughs> oh, man. I just went to the bathroom and had a really big ship. <laughs> Oh man, we're in deep ship right now. <laughs> we have to stop this. Yeah, we got. Okay, stop. now you have to give me your answer. Honestly, I think that I would go with fate and just roll back fate a little earlier, and I think I would take Boromir. Wow. Yeah, because the thing is, is like even though Pippin does fuck up a lot of shit in Return of the King, he really redeems himself. Yeah, and he's really so useful. I mean, he saves Faramir. Faramir would have been murdered. I wasn't thinking about the future molly i was just thinking about the uh, the co- a cost of a life the what is the cost of what is the cost why are you so good at that i can't even do it what is the cost of life valeria is just like my 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 homeboy <laughs> if you guys haven't watched chernobyl yet <laughs> You need to. Yeah, we just decided we're adding another thing to our sister tattoo sleeve, and it's going to be um, Valeria's uh, glasses, glasses <laughs> from the Chernobyl <laughs> miniseries on HBO. 
Okay, are you ready for my quotation? I'm so ready. Okay. This is on page 276. Mm. The sword of Elendil was forged anew by Elvish smiths, and on its blade was traced a device of seven stars set between the crescent moon and the rayed sun, and about them was written many runes, for Aragorn, son of Arathorn, was going to war upon the marches of Mordor. Very bright was that sword when it was made whole again. The light of the sun shone readily in it, and the light of the moon shone cold, and its edge was hard and keen, and Aragorn gave it a new name and called it Andriel, Flame of the West. I love that. I fucking love that sword. That it's sword so fucking is cool. just like so I know, cool. I know, it's I so cool. I really want to get one and hang it on my wall. You know it's like seven feet long. Oh my god, I'm so I just like wanna have it. I, I wanna have it so bad. I know it's so fucking cool. I know. I just like think that that's one of and like the prop of it was just oh, so I know it's amazing. Cool. I wonder do you think they gave that sword to Vigo? I think I read that they did. They probably did because they gave um Legless his bow. Yeah, and they gave uh Sting. Liv, they gave Liv Tyler the they, Evan Star. They, yeah, and they also gave her her sword that she has, okay, too. Cool. I think they gave a lot of people, like, their sword that they used and shit. But, like, that one is by far the coolest. It is. I, I don't know. Glamdring is pretty cool, too, though. Yeah, it is. All right, so my quotation is from page 278. And this is a song that Bilbo sings to Frodo upon their farewell. I sit beside the fire and think... Of all that I have seen, of meadow flowers and butterflies in summers that have been, of yellow leaves and gossamer in autumns that there were, with morning mist and silver sun and wind upon my hair. I sit beside the fire and think of how the world will be when winter comes without a spring that I shall ever see. For still there are so many things that I have never seen. In every wood, in every spring, there is a different green. I sit beside the fire and think of people long ago, and people who will see a world that I shall never know. But all the while I sit and think of times there were before, I listen for returning feet and voices at the door. I think that is my favorite poem from the whole book it's it's my it's my very favorite i not to be grim but i want that read at my funeral it's so beautiful 100 percent. whenever i die that one's going right there it's so so good and just, yeah that was really fucking it's beautiful grim. it 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 <laughs> wait, in, wait, but wait. it just encompasses life and farewell and a, an end to simpler times so beautifully i'm so glad that we ended this episode on such a high note thank you so much for listening to this episode of the sisterhood of the rings join us next time for an always unexpected journey into all things tolkien you can find us wherever you listen to your podcasts and please visit our website the sisterhood of the rings.com and like our facebook page the sisterhood of the rings podcast if you like what we do please subscribe and review us if you hate what we do, please leave us alone and turn your rage into a productive hobby, like social distancing. And wearing a mask. Hell yeah. See, See you, you next time, time, you gorgeous nerds.
freak out. Don't freak out. Okay. <laughs> we're here to have, we're here for a good time, not a long time. Am I right? <laughs> Maybe both. <laughs> Maybe both. <laughs>